Dear Diary, today I interviewed Jackson. He was a mascot in college and came back almost 10 years later to become an MLS mascot and an NWSL mascot. Take a listen. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. (laughs) We'll get started. How long have you been a mascot? Well, it started about 10 11 years ago, back in college, I got done. I finished up with that. And then I joined the real world, uh, worked real world jobs. And I've been back in suit for about almost a year now. So you could say 11 years, the love never dwindled in that time. However, I just never donned a head in between these two uh, working periods. What made you want to go back to it? I wanted to get back into mascotting because I, I was missing something in my real world job where I was uh, something I was extremely passionate about. And, and I saw something on Reddit, a posting for a job. And I said, you know what, I, I want to get back into it. Like I said, the, the, the passion for mascotting never went away when I wasn't mascotting. Just I didn't have the opportunity to do it previously. So some uh, stars aligned and I was able to get back in costume last summer, fall. That's awesome. So how many characters have you performed as? I performed as uh, one mascot in college at a large Big Ten university. And then uh, recently, uh, it's actually been a whirlwind. I started off with one uh, major league soccer club last uh, summer. And there was an NWSL, a National Women's Soccer League team uh, here in the same city and they were looking for somebody to ramp up their mascotting efforts somebody that has had experience because last season they didn't and so they contacted the mls side they gave my contact information to that to them so i do them as well in addition to the two soccer clubs i do a uh, a corporate bank and i got that through my university the marketing director for this bank is an alumni of my university, reached out to our alumni association, who then in turn reached out to me. So uh, currently three uh, three mascots in all uh, very different characteristics, personalities. So it's, it's fun to juggle. All on top of your full-time job, correct? <laughs> correct. Correct. I have a full-time job that takes me around uh, my, my region, but I create my own schedule. I work out of my own home. And so I'm able to schedule around appearances. So if one of the the mascotting requires something on a Thursday morning at 10 a.m., I'm able to uh, to move around some stuff and get to that and then carry on with my day afterward. That's amazing. I Props to you and just being organized. That's something that I struggle with. <laughs> I've found that you need to be very uh, diligent when it comes to keeping a calendar. For instance, I was on the road this week for work. I came back on Friday. Friday night, I had a had an appearance with the MLS side. And then uh, Saturday morning, I had another appearance with the MLS side. Saturday afternoon, I had an NWSL game. And then this morning, I had another NWSL appearance. So you just have to be very organized. Yeah. <laughs> on top of everything. You mentioned that they called you up. They asked, you know, uh, the MLS for your contact information. So did you ever audition for any of these positions? Was there an audition? I auditioned in college, which was a pretty extensive tryout interview process, which uh, you, you go, you, you apply in college, you give them your transcripts, your GPA, resume, cover letter. 
and then you do a try-on of the costume. You walk around the student union just to get used to it, and then you come up with uh, – and then there's the actual tryout where you're in costume, uh, and you have to come up with uh, a minute and a half, two-minute skit, and then the panel of judges puts you in different situations – if they like you there, they bring you into an in-person interview, which I think is funny because they're asking you and you have to answer orally or verbally, but it's for a position that doesn't speak. Yeah. <laughs> but they want to make sure that you're going to mesh well with uh, the rest of the program. But now that I'm, I guess you can consider my, I can consider myself a pro mascot. I auditioned, had a tryout for the MLS side last, uh, last summer, got that and started performing with their program. And then uh, last winter, that's when the NWSL side reached out to me. They had never seen me perform. They were uh, in need of somebody uh, right away. So at that time, I was the only person as the NWSL mascot. I needed some assistance. So I reached out to another friend of mine who, uh, who was another, who was a mascot at a different Big Ten school when I was on the squad in college. And he and I are tag teaming the NWSL together. Oh, that's awesome. And then for uh, the corporate bank, they just asked me to fill in and they love me. So now I'm, I'm, I'm payroll with them. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's like the dream, right? Like to get, I mean, talking to everyone, everyone wants a full-time position, but just, you know, getting paid too. Like there's a, there was a few people that I talked to that, you know, they're still volunteering and trying to get their foot in the door and stuff. If it wasn't paid, I don't know if I would still do it because I'm 30 years old now and my body's starting to break down, but it's something I absolutely love. And it's just amazing that I get to be as somebody, another person you interviewed said, I get to be paid to be a professional idiot. Yeah. It just brings so much joy to my life and I get to get paid for it. That's amazing. Definitely. So, I mean, talking about being a professional idiot and getting paid to do it, what are the most <laughs> dangerous things that you've done in the suit? I can't think of too many dangerous things I've done. Um, I mean, I've had multiple sprained ankles. I've had, I'll wake up the following day and how, how did I get that gash on my shin? Or what the heck did I do to make it so my elbow doesn't extend f fully out? I can't remember of anything really dangerous. Other than back in college, uh, our main rival, we we had a football game at their, at their stadium. And pregame, I had to go to the alumni tent and rile up our our fans. And so then from there, we had to walk to the stadium, which took us through one of the main tailgating areas for the opposing university. The people running up to me, and I know this is a question for later, but the drunks, uh, <laughs> the opposing fans running up to me. Luckily, I had a, uh, an, a couple escorts with me, a couple handlers that were able to uh, deflect any incoming projectiles or incoming fans of the opposing team. So uh, the most dangerous would be uh, being in a snake pit like that where stuff has happened before where it's or it has led to broken costume pieces opposing Big Ten school. The opposing Big Ten schools band picked me up threw me, broke the chin. Oh, and, man. Uh, so I didn't want that to happen again. So in a situation like that, we made sure that we had more uh, bodyguards. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I mean, that's what I'm talking about when you're a college mascot or, well, I feel like it's in college mainly, like you deal with those rival teams and they might be drunk because I feel like that's the age. Well, I mean, it goes as you get older, they, you drink they too, generally but... are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's what I think. But <laughs> yeah. How do you mess with the rival teams and all that at the soccer games? I, I don't have too much interaction with the opposing teams. 
my character for MLS, uh, I try to make him goofy and uh, likes to pull practice or pranks and stuff like that. But in the end, he's there to make everybody happy, whether you're a supporter of our club or not. If uh, if there's an opposing fan there, uh, I'll, I'll use your local team. If the Galaxy were to come into town and uh, they had a couple supporters there, I'd I'd rip their hat off their head and act like I'm going to throw it on the pitch. Uh, but then I'll put it back on and and I'll shake their hand and uh, have fun with them, pose for a couple pictures, and and my handler knows to say, hey, welcome to welcome to our stadium. I hope you have a wonderful time, stuff like that. So I make them feel welcome, and I'm not there to to divide people, whether they're our supporters or not. I'm there to create a positive environment for everybody. Sounds good, yeah. <laughs> but in college, it was different. College with opposing mascots. It was more like a mascot fraternity where we all knew each other. We we would see each other at mascot camp, at uh, mascot nationals. Uh, we would see each other during football games. We would, if we had a bye week, I would travel to an opposing Big Ten school and hang out with their mascots. So it was we would put skits on and we'd have a lot of fun. And if if they came to our place, we would have a little skit where our mascot came out on top. And if we go to their stadium, our alumni association didn't like it if, if our mascot lost in something like that. But it's the uh, it's the unwritten rule that if you're on their turf, you let them win and if and vice versa. Yeah. And then I don't know, I think that's cool. Like I've I've heard of that before where, you know, the mascots are actually okay with each other. But I know like the fans don't understand that. So it's like, respect the suit, just respect it, you know? <laughs> right. And and I've been uh, on opposing campuses where I've gotten into a hairy situation on the field with the cheerleaders uh, sometimes or opposing fans will be on the, the field and the opposing mascot will come up to my side and back me up, uh, which is cool. And and like I said, we're all we're all there to make a positive impact. We're not there to hate each other. And while I might not like their team or their coach, the other person performing is or is going through the same thing I have in regards to mascotting. They know what it's like to to be out there on a ninety degree day sweating bullets. So uh, we're brothers and sisters uh, that look out for each other. Do you have any regrets? Yeah, I I, I do. Uh, nothing that I did while in costume that took away from the character or the program. But there was an incident that led for my. Uh, myself and our mascot squad back in college to be removed from the mascot program. We broke a rule that had been previously broken by squads before us, but never enforced. And there was a new sheriff in town running uh, running the, the association, and they decided to enforce it. And while at the time, 10 years ago, I was very upset. Being 10, 10 years removed and a little bit more mature, I completely see where they were coming from. So... I didn't leave the program on a good note, but time heals all wounds. And I've, I've returned to my university to be a guest judge for tryouts. I've spoken to the mascot squad about carrying yourself with professionalism in and out of costume, respect for the mascot, the costume, and for the people that came before you and for the people that will come after you and tried talking to them in regards to how to make, make the step back to a uh, national championship winning program because that's always one of the biggest goals at our university and it hasn't been done in some time. So yeah, that would be my regret because I wanted to be a professional mascot as well. And I am that. I wanted to be a full-time professional mascot. And once I was removed part, part way through my college time, I, I lost all contacts, uh, all connections with UCA and all my mascot friends at other schools. 
and I wasn't able to hone my skill. So that's a regret. I've made made lemonade out of the lemons that I was dealt with because I'm a professional mascot now. And while it's not in the capacity that I would like it to be, I'm having a lot of fun and uh, I love what I do. I'm glad that it circled back into a, a positive. And you actually had mentioned that you were before, you know, all that happened. Uh, you're on the UCA mascot squad and so you did a lot of prep to prepare for the skit and everything, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, when when I was brought on the squad, I was the only one brought on my year. Uh, there were some still on the squad, but uh, the first thing that they told me was, this is what our goal is. We're nine months, ten months away, and everything that we do is in preparation for this. So every event that we did, whether it was a, a corporate bank opening or a golf outing or a visit to a children's hospital or a, an event around campus, we always had our, our camera at the time, uh, just gathering footage for the, for the video that we would submit in the fall. And then come summertime, we started tinkering around with uh, a skit idea because uh, we were very cocky and we expected to be invited down to Orlando for UCA Nationals. So we started uh, prepping our skit brainstorming all the ideas. Then once we got confirmation that we had a paid invite down to Orlando, that's when we started building. And we really started building intensely the day after winter finals. So UCA Nationals is MLK weekend in January. And we started building and we would see, oh, this isn't working the way we would like. Uh, this compressed air cannon over here isn't firing the proper way. It doesn't have the proper output, so we would have to tinker with things. And this sign isn't working. It's not legible from the far back side of the room. Uh, so a lot of that. But winter break, I, I, I went home for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the 26th. Then I was back on campus building with uh, my squad members. So in all prepping for... Uh, for nationals was was like a full-time job we would wake up at 8 a.m uh we would get to our facility we would start building we had a nice heated extra large garage where commercial signs are made uh, to spread everything out and we did that from 8 a.m till about 10 p.m every day uh during winter break and then uh we took uh we worked new year's eve up until about nine o'clock took about three hours to five hours to celebrate new year's eve woke up the next day and back at it, and then uh, went down to to Orlando, performed. We uh, we ended up winning UCA Nationals. Uh, had an amazing skit. And I've got my championship ring. Uh, I don't know where it is. Uh, <laughs> I wear it for football game days, or I give it to my fiance because it no longer fits around my my fat knuckles. Uh, let my fiance wear it. But yeah, a, a huge time commitment. Yeah, that sounds like a lot for. Yeah, being a college student, like on top of everything else. I know you're on winter break a little bit of that time, but still. Yeah, during during uh during school, I may have neglected schoolwork. Yeah. <laughs> I may have neglected a lot of schoolwork to work on our video, to edit, to do whatever it took to ensure that we were we put ourselves in the best position we could to succeed at nationals. Understandable. I feel like if you're passionate, like if you're in that program, you want to put something out that's that's great and amazing so you want to win <laughs> absolutely how do you deal with the unsupervised children the crazy teens and the drunks 
there are diff- a few different ways each one of those could go. With unsupervised children, sometimes you play around with them a little bit, and as uh, somebody else said, they get tired of you, so then they'll just leave. Or then you get, or you get those punks, like I had this morning, uh, where they wouldn't leave you alone, and they're hitting you in the head, and you're trying to take pictures with other people, and uh, sometimes you just need to sternly grab them. And I put one kid over my shoulder today, and walk to a uh like a dump like a large garbage can the one that you wheel out to your curbside for pickup every week and i acted like i was going to put him in there i hung up uh, held him over and i think he got the uh the idea of what i was trying to get across leave me alone kid you've been around you've been on my heels for about 15 minutes here you've had your time yeah with uh crazy teenagers uh I don't get those too much. Uh, they're either yelling at me to dab, which I will not do. I will not partake in those shenanigans <laughs> of the dab. I mean, teenagers, either they think they're too cool or they absolutely love you. And they're all fun to deal with. Because if if there's a group of four or five kids and two, one or two of them are too cool, and they, oh, whatever, it's a guy in a costume. You know what? With those other three, you have fun with those and you can see those other two. Like, you know what? Maybe... Maybe I could, this could be fun, and, and you can get them to change. Drunk adults, being at a soccer soccer match, I, I try to stay away from the, or I've been told to stay away from the supporters section because it can, it can get hairy in there. I would love to get in there, but I've been told to, to stay away. I may have uh, taken some detours to hang out with them. I'm the kind of guy that I'd rather beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. And uh, I've, I, I try to stretch the boundaries of, of what, what the mascot can do because in the the current roles that I, I portray, uh, they don't have a rich history of mascotting or they have and recently has gone by the wayside where it's more like a, a guy in a, in a costume as opposed to an actual character. So you need the, you need to stretch some, uh, stretch some boundaries. Don't be afraid to ask for uh, forgiveness. Drunk adults though, uh, if they're getting a little physical, then you have to remove yourself from the situation. You never, Never respond to physicality with physicality. Bad things can happen. The club could get sued. You could get fired. Stuff like that. And so just I never try to touch somebody that's drunk because they can blow things way out of proportion. Yeah. So in groupies, I mean, I had more groupies in college uh, <laughs> because the mascot on campus was a uh, big man on campus. And uh, there were uh, certain cheerleaders that that uh, would whisper uh, dirty little secrets in your ear that uh, I'd prefer not to say on the uh, <laughs> the podcast, but she didn't care who was who was uh, being uh, being the mascot. He she just had a thing for the mascot. <laughs> you don't want to mess around with that. Yeah. <laughs> and so you talked about building up the characters. I mean, what are you doing to to do that? Like, I mean, how 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 are you doing that? Our college mascot program just put together a, the alumni uh, have put together a operating procedure manual on how to, how to walk, how to interact in certain situations. So the incoming uh, students know how, know what the expectations are. And I've tried to implement that in a less formal way, but uh, I try to get together with the other mascots at our MLS side and say, hey, this is what I'm doing we all need to be on the same page. We don't want someone coming up and saying, oh, this is uh, so-and-so in costume. No, this is the character. Uh, try, I try to build the character by uh, 
uh, by a lot of props. Uh, my MLS side is uh, is a more established team than my NWSL team, and my NWSL team lets gives me free reign of essentially what I want to do. Uh, for instance, yesterday for our match, I, I rode around on a scooter on the concourses and on field side. I was wearing Zubaz pants, and uh, I had a I handmade a. A, a sign, an Instagram frame sign, and would take pictures. It was a cutout where you stand in, in the sign and just fun things like that to build the character to use that marketing opportunity through the mascot in a positive way. Uh, whereas our MLS side, they're a little bit more cautious as to what they will allow the mascot to do. Uh, the mascot doesn't have social media uh, which I'm trying to change, but no, changes can take some time. NWSL, it's I talked with the GM and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. What do you think? Oh, that's a great idea. And whatever you guys want to do, you guys are the professionals. So building the character up that way, a lot of jokes, just trying to uh, trying to think what I can do to help the club grow, but maintain a consistent character that will appear at each event or match. That's cool. That's cool to hear. Yeah, I'm working with someone at the local community college. They don't have anyone who wants to be in the suit and it needs to be a, a student. And they're just trying to build it up like he doesn't have a social media page. And they recently started putting him at the sporting events and they've been requesting him more often. But no one wants to be in the suit. You know what I mean? And so oh, yeah. I was just talking to him about the ideas. Like, <laughs> it's kind of hard because my friend's not very social media savvy. So I was like, yeah, you got to give him a hashtag. And he's like, what's a hashtag? And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, come on. Are you sure this kid is a millennial? He has to know what a hashtag is. No, he's he's older. He's my age, but he's he went back to school. So oh, I was like, okay. yeah, I was working with him and I told him, I was like, dude, I was like, you got to clean the suit if you want anyone in there. And then I was telling him, I was like, I have tons of advice because I've, I've interviewed, what, 25 now, <laughs> 25 mascots now. They've told me how to clean the suit and everything. And if I need any more questions, I know who to go to. Yeah, but they're trying to get that mascot like in the community because I also work for the city that the college is in. And so, yeah, I was telling them all these things. I was like, I was like I'm going to have to take some units and like, go down there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to do with our NWSL mascot. But as a further extension, the, the my friend that helps me with NWSL, he is getting his master's right now at a at a university here in the here in the city. And he is their mascot coach in like your community college. There's been no history with the mascot and they have one uh, performer and she does a great job. She's very eager to learn. But there's nobody else on campus that wants to do that. We had, and I was asked to be a coach as well and partake in their their judging for their tryouts. But they didn't have a single person other than the girl that is currently the performer show up for tryouts. So it's how do you get that buzz around campus uh, at the community college or the, the university to show, hey, this is something that you can do. So maybe at the community college, what you could have your friend do, have them go talk to the drama department or theater, maybe even the business school, because mascotting can be lucrative. And there's a great way to to grow your brand of a company, of a sports organization through the mascot. So maybe something that you could take to your to your friend and to get some more help at the at the college. Yeah, definitely. Because I know there's a lot of games and there's just one guy and he only has one more semester left. And like after that it's gonna go back to 
Yeah, nobody. So yeah, I'll let him know. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that you also have diabetes. Can you discuss the challenges that that's brought and like how you deal with the situation? I would love to. I would love to. I was I was diagnosed with type one diabetes at the age of 16. I was a very active kid growing up playing all types of sports. And when I got to college, I neglected my care for the most part, uh, which led to some scary situations in college. But now I regulate it very closely. I have uh, I have a, an insulin pump. I have a continuous glucose monitoring system that reads my blood sugar every five minutes and reads it to my iPhone or my iWatch so I can see right then what my blood sugar is as opposed to having to finger prick frequently. Um, and it, that's led to, I have the peace of mind that during an event, I'm not going to have a blood sugar low and the possibility of me having to take a break or something bad happening. However, uh, I was doing the mascotting for this uh, corporate bank pregame at a at an NBA game. So I was walking around the concourse, hanging out with hanging out with their mascot, running around. And I had had a long day at work, and I wasn't able to control my diabetes the way that I had wanted or I, that I should have during the day. So in the middle of the the event, I noticed uh, my sight was starting to get a little hazy. And it wasn't because the the poor vision of the mascot head itself. I, I noticed that I was getting a little shaky, so I had to go run through the concourses. Luckily, I had somebody to take me back. But you're talking an arena with 22,000 people uh, filling the concourses pregame, and you're getting swamped for photos and stuff like that. And uh, so, it type one diabetes, uh, you need to take it seriously if you're a, if you're a diabetic. Or if you know anybody that has diabetes, maybe you don't, but maybe you don't, but somebody you know does, uh, make sure uh, that, you're, that you're prepping well prior to the game with your diet, uh, that you're hydrating properly. I make sure that, that my blood sugar numbers for several hours before uh, an event are trending the, a proper direction. So the physical exertion of the of the event doesn't negatively affect my performance and I have to leave. Diabetes is just another struggle that we're able to to get over and yeah just you have to you have to know your body very well and you have to be able to read your body and over time I've gotten to know my body very well and how different foods react or how different foods change my blood sugar so maybe I steer clear of of those foods uh from here on out. So I've, I've eliminated a lot of foods like breads, pastas, heavy carbohydrate items. Yeah. That's gotta be tough though. <laughs> and then my fiance helps out a lot with it, making sure that I'm diligent with, uh, with my care as well. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you have someone <laughs> to help you out. <laughs> Cause I know it could, man, it could be hard, especially like prepping meals and all that. Oh yeah. I struggle with it. Just trying to be healthy like every day. And sometimes that doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it doesn't happen. I mean, on, on the way home from an, the soccer match yesterday, I say, you know what, I'm really needing a burger. Normally when I go out to eat and if I get a burger, I don't eat the bun. But yesterday I called for a bun and uh, it really affected me afterwards. So that was a mistake that I won't make again for probably another two or three weeks. <laughs> no, I know. I grew up on McDonald's and Taco Bell. Like that's what my parents bought me when I was little. I don't know why, but every now and then I get those cravings. Like they just come out of nowhere, and I'm like, man, I want a like cheeseburger Happy Meal. <laughs> like, 
Absolutely. And it's okay to indulge from time to time, but don't make it a consistent type of thing and balance and everything. Yeah. And I feel like it's rough too, because you get off really late and what's open at that time. And I mean, you don't want to cook when you get home and I know Cosmo just goes to get tacos. So (laughs) yeah. So I don't know how healthy that is, but uh, it's tough, like being a sporting mascot and getting off so late sometimes at those games. So right. Yeah. It can be difficult from time to time. So what's, yeah, let's just talk about what's the hardest part about mascotting. Uh, The hardest part about mascotting, I would, other than my diabetes would, for me, is the fitness. And how my body recovers at the age of 30 is definitely not the way I recovered when I was 20. So I did four events between Friday night and this morning, and I'm in pain. Um, my knees and my my ankles are getting iced right now, and uh, I just don't recover the way that I, do, uh, that I used to. And then the fitness uh, is, is just... Because you're always on during the event. And if it's a non-sporting event, if it's just a, like a community event, like this morning I was at a youth soccer tournament, uh, you're on for an hour, hour and a half, and you don't get to take any breaks. So it's just that fitness of being able to keep you, sustain your heart rate, a high heart rate, and not uh, panting heavily within the, the costume so people outside can hear. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've transitioned from like a more weightlifting approach prior to getting back into costume to now it's more cardio based. So I, I would say the fitness and the recovery because getting old sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but what's the best part about mascotting? Uh, the best, I mean, I can I can say I've done I've done amazing things. I've met amazing people. I'll, I'll break this question up. I'll say the best thing in costume is. Being able to make people smile. It's not often that you can walk into a room and not say a word and instantly make people smile. You can turn somebody that's having a bad day and turn their day around. And in the the feeling of making someone happy is is great. And I mean, I've I've won a mascot national championship. I've run out in front of a hundred thousand people at a football game. I've basketball tournaments, stuff like that. But uh, I would say the best part about it is making people happy and just those positive interactions in the suit. Outside of the suit is the the community that I have met. All the other collegiate mascots, the pro mascots that I've met, just some of my my best friends. I'm getting married this summer and uh, the wedding is going to be a lot of fun because my university's mascot will be there. And then uh, a lot of my, a lot of my, uh, a couple of my groomsmen are uh, mascots. A lot of the the attendees of my friends are old mascots. So it's going to be a good time. And, and just that uh, community, that fraternity, that brotherhood, sisterhood uh, that that is out there. It's a whole community that is welcoming. Uh, those, the people are great. Uh, that's so those are the two uh, making people happy and the people that I've met are the best parts about mascotting awesome and do you well let me just ask this like quick question because do you know any female mascots I do I do oh, okay I don't want to give too much up about my university but uh, there haven't been many there haven't been many women mascots but I'm proud to say that uh, that seems to be changing and then uh, for my MLS side, there's a, a woman that I perform with and or she performs uh, with us and she is amazing. Uh, she's been uh, a pro mascot at many different pro franchises 
she's amazing. A great performer. And yeah. Awesome. Which mascots inspire you the most? A lot of mascots do different things. And I, I get a lot of inspiration from many different mascots. Benny the Bull is a big inspiration. Just the, the skits that Benny puts on. They're, they're hilarious. Uh, the way he interacts with the crowd, the dance moves. Goldie the Gopher up at Minnesota, just the way he he jokes around. Just just a happy-go-lucky character. I'd say the Sparty at Michigan State. Uh, he's just a he's just a tough guy, and it's just it's nice. It's a mascot that has a little edge to him. I would say uh, other mascots that I I love to watch. I love watching the BYU mascot. Just the stuff that he does, acrobatics stuff like that is is really cool. I can't do that, so I live vicariously through watching his videos. Yeah. That's awesome. That always amazes me because I can't even do a cartwheel. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I took a gymnastics class. I had to, I've mentioned before, I'm a PE teacher, so I'm a kid major. I had to take all the classes, take soccer, badminton, and gymnastics and track was one of them. And as soon as we took our class, that class the next year, because so many people got injured, they, they switched it up and they took out, they still have track, but they took out the hurdles and because i'm no joke a mom she was a mom i was like oh my god of all the people like in our class it had to be her broke both of her arms doing the hurdles i was like no way and like she had just had like her her second kid i think and it was it was intense and then yeah gymnastics too the teacher got pregnant so she was asking everyone to demonstrate and some of us didn't like she was lucky that she had a future squad people in that class but we didn't know how to do any of that stuff so they eventually took that class completely out and switched it up with football so flag football I think. Yeah. and i'm able to do back handsprings and back tucks and and that kind of stuff but my my mascot costume in in college was very cumbersome it didn't allow for a lot of uh, flexibility. And so now I, I'm a, a couple characters where I do have, I do have that uh, range of movement that, that you can do that. But being 30 years old and a dad, there are more th- important things to, in life than trying to throw a back tuck uh, while wearing a big head and possibly injuring yourself. So I'm a little bit more cautious nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> and just, do you have any advice for people who want to pursue mascotting as a career? Like like I, I, I recommended to your friend at the community college, get involved with a, a drama department or uh, get involved with your local mascot, at whether it's a school or a community, uh, your park district. Take some classes for just, uh, I wouldn't, not stand-up comedy, but uh, improv. Uh, you're just thinking on on the balls of your feet. You, you get something, toss it, you, and you have to you have to turn it into something good study other mascots reach out to local pro mascots uh we're more than happy to help out because we all have the same goal in mind we just we're there to entertain and reach out to a pro mascot i'm sure that they're busy but reach out say hey i want to be an intern i want to learn i want to do this but hopefully they can work with you a little bit if not for an entire season maybe you can go follow them around for a little while and see what they do and uh, get some of their input and some of their advice Awesome. And lastly, any shout outs? Yes. I would like to, to shout out my, my uh, old college squad. I'll just say uh, one. 
And then uh, I would like to shout out my son, Jackson. My son uh, lives a little further away. Uh, he doesn't live with me, uh, so he hasn't been able to see me mascot. But I, uh, all my mascoting money is saved to go see him. And then uh, shout outs to my fiance because uh, uh, it's led to some laughs and uh, led to uh, she needs to take care of me a little more. So she uh, she puts up with my shenanigans and takes care of me when I get injured. And luckily, she likes going to the to the matches and to the events to see me perform. So shout out to my fiance and my son. Uh, shout out to your son and to your fiance. I, that always amazes me when I talk to people and they have all these jobs. I mean, there are several mascots on top of their job and then they have kids and and a significant other that is they take care of or is taking care of them. And uh, that's always just a positive thing to see. So and I've got one more shout out. OK, <laughs> um, shout out to you for doing this. Oh. Uh, it, it's awesome. Thank you for doing this, giving an outlet for mascots to talk because we don't. We can't talk. So thank you for doing this. I, I, I've, I came across it on Reddit, on uh, the mascots subreddit, and I've uh, enjoyed listening to uh, to the episodes. And I hope it goes on for uh, for a long time, and <laughs> you can turn it into something and and hopefully uh, make some money off of it. <laughs> thank you. I don't know about all that, um, <laughs> but, but I, I appreciate the platform. It's it's. Uh, it's a lot of fun because we have a lot of fun, great stories that we really can't tell. We can't tell people. I mean, when I was a college mascot, I didn't tell anybody other than my roommate and my parents. My grandmother passed away uh, not knowing that I was the mascot. So so this is us able to tell some of those stories. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for taking the time to share your stories and for reaching out. Like I've said this before, I think it's been a while, so I'll say it again. I've reached out to so many mascots, emails, DMs. I've sent them mail and I've drawn pictures of them on envelopes. And it's it's rare. I think I was doing the math and it was less than 5% that I actually got a response. So <laughs> I really appreciate it when someone reaches out to me and then just when someone actually responds, even if it's no, I got a rejection email the other day and I was like, oh, but it's okay. At least I got that acknowledgement that they got my mail and stuff. So I just appreciate anyone who's willing to talk with me because it's, it's interesting to other podcasters, to my friends, and then just to other mascots, the people that have told me that they listen. So um, thank you for sharing. <laughs> my pleasure. And that was it for episode number 25. I made it, you guys. I made it to 25. I know my goal is 30, but things have really, really slowed down. I have sent out a ton of mascot mail. I've messaged a ton of mascots. And yeah, it's hard because emails are the least effective. And I can't always DM a mascot unless they follow me. And honestly, like I love doing mascot mail because it just I like doing artsy fartsy stuff like that. But really, I mean, I've stopped asking for addresses. I just send them out to I just look up so and so's offices or whatever for the team and just send them out because I never get a response on addresses. So I hope to get to 30. I'm not sure, but you will for sure get 27 episodes next week. I want to put out a best of I'm really hoping to work on that. It's Sunday night. I have tomorrow off, but I need to do some things, run some errands, go to Guitar Center. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. And I hope to bust out that 
best of tomorrow on my day off. So I'm looking forward to that. I just want to thank everyone who's been listening, who's been on the show. I mean, despite the jumps in downloads, I mean, I'm in 35 states. I have 150 to 200 downloads on on almost all the episodes. So that's pretty good. I think that's amazing. I just really want to thank everyone that's listening, everyone who's been on the show and who's reached out, everyone who hashtagged till the end last week. That was awesome. Oh yeah, shout out to everyone in Michigan. I saw your numbers jump tremendously. I was like, whoa, (laughs) someone in Michigan is like listening. Quite a few people actually. I know I talk numbers a lot. It just fascinates me. I don't know. I like to know the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, that's why I do this podcast. That's why I work concerts in the park during the summer to set all that up, to be a part of something way bigger, bigger than me. And I don't know. I just think that's crazy. And I love that. So I know I talk a lot about numbers and and states and stuff because it'd be cool to have someone in every state listen. But I don't know if I'll get there. Um, I don't even know if I'll get to 30. But I really like I don't care if you listen. I know my podcast isn't for everyone. It's kind of girly and yeah people have said to like change the intro and i was like oh but i i I did that myself like that's me on you again i don't know i try to make everything like original and stuff but i don't know i just like to make things and i just do this for myself because i i initially like talking to the person i don't necessarily like editing afterwards but that just comes with trying to put out a good product i keep all my comments till the end so if you want to shut me off you can just totally do that right now i think that's it <laughs> follow me on instagram twitter and facebook it's mascotdiaries.com. if you are related to mascots in any way please if you'd like to be on the show i'm trying to get to 30 i just need three more <laughs> episodes it's contact at mascotdiaries.com. if you'd like some mascot mail and you are willing to send me your address i will totally make you an envelope and send you out a couple stickers uh just dm me and i think that's it as always thank you thank you thank you for listening uh to the show and take care